Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with former Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Jason Avant is brought to you by Football Sunday and FootballSunday.com. If you don't know what Football Sunday is, it is a sermon replacement for churches for free on Super Bowl Sunday morning. Listen, we're all getting ready for the big game on Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody's excited about football, wearing their jerseys and getting pumped to watch the big game, getting together with friends and family and churches that morning. And for many people, they either don't go to church or uh, go to church, but don't know what to do as far as feeding into that football fandom. Well, guess what? This is what we have for you. Sports Spectrum, the increase pro athletes outreach, our parent company, have put together and produced Football Sunday for you and your church. This is our fifth year, I believe, doing Football Sunday. And it's a free resource for churches as a sermon replacement for what you have planned, or even a sermon, uh, sort of an additional piece of content to accompany a sermon on Super Bowl Sunday morning in churches. And here's how you get it. It's footballsunday.com. That's it. It's free. Go to that website, footballsunday.com. Tell your churches, tell your pastors, tell your church leaders to sign up. Again, it's free. Even if you just show five minutes of it, there's some great stories from Case Keenum of the Denver Broncos, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings, Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints, all talking about how Christ has influenced their life and their walk through football, but really through their life. And then Benjamin Watson is the host of Football Sunday, the New Orleans Saints tight end. So it's a really well done supplement to a sermon on Super Bowl Sunday in your church. Drew Brees will be a part of that as well, the New Orleans Saints quarterback. Check it out, footballsunday.com. It's free. Hello, it's free. And it's available for all of your churches on Super Bowl Sunday. Check it out, footballsunday.com. Today on the podcast, our guest is former Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Jason Avant. Now, Jason was drafted, selected by the Eagles in the fourth round of the 2006 NFL Draft, and he played eight seasons in Philadelphia with the Eagles. He played with Donovan McNabb, then he played with Michael Vick, and then he played with Nick Foles. And that's where this conversation goes to, is a place where the spiritual environment in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room, the history of it, But then what really started to take place when Nick Foles arrived in Philadelphia and Jason Avant was already there. Avant, one of the spiritual leaders on that team for so many years. And then Nick Foles arrived and you started to see some things happening within that Philadelphia locker room that really still are taking place today here in 2019 with this Eagles team that is still alive in the playoffs after the last second gut-wrenching loss for the Bears and and, and crazy nail-biting win for the Eagles, and they're still playing. And Nick Foles, who took over, of course, for Carson Wentz last year because of injury, took them to the Super Bowl, won the MVP, and then this year has taken them to the playoffs in an unlikely playoff run that has them in the divisional playoffs getting ready to play New Orleans and face the Saints down in the bayou. And that's going to be a tough matchup for the Eagles, but don't count Nick Foles out. Just don't. And don't count those Eagles out because they fight. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast with Jason Avant. Now, I want to preface this. This interview with Jason actually was taped last year, February 2018, at the Super Bowl 
at the Mall of America in Minneapolis getting ready for Super Bowl 52 when the Eagles beat the Patriots. So there is a little bit of, I guess, dated information on this podcast because we were talking about Nick Foles and talking about the run that he had made last year. But it really doesn't change much. It, it's still the same kind of questions you would ask for this year, uh, other than the Eagles had already won the Super Bowl and Nick Foles was Super Bowl MVP. A lot of this interview is also Jason Avant's testimony and him coming to faith and seeing the development of his faith through that Eagles locker room when he was there. So I think it's a great interview. Uh, it's never aired before. Uh, for one reason or another, we were never able to get it out. So this is the first time we've aired this interview and the first time we've released this interview, even though it is a year old here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. It's Jason Avant, the former Eagles wide receiver. Take a listen to our interview with Jason here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. All right, we're here at the Super Bowl. I'm talking to former Eagles wide receiver Jason Avant. It's good to have you here yeah. on the program. Thanks, Jason. I'm looking pleasure. forward to talking to you. Yeah. Now, Jason was a part of the Eagles for seven, eight seasons. Eight seasons. Yeah. Eight seasons, and you played with a lot of the guys, a few of the guys at least, that yeah. were on this team. And even in Kansas City after that. So That's true. Also, so I want to so talk specifically about this Eagles team. Let's mm-hmm. start with that and what you've seen, not just on the field, but, man, there is a – there's a fire burning. Yeah, there's a fire going on in that locker yeah. room with so many believers on that team. Talk about the Eagles and this group of te- this group of players. Well, it's always been a legacy with the Philadelphia Eagles. For some reason, God has always placed people there in order to minister to the team. Always have. Um, it goes back to Herb Lust, which is back in the, the 70s, the praying running back. Okay, and then it you know trickles down, and you get Reggie White, and you got Brian Dawkins, you got a lot of different guys of faith throughout the time. Um, Troy, uh, Troy Vincent, yeah. all of these guys, and and uh, I tell you a funny story. Um, and, and this team is this team is, has a lot of on fire believers. I tell you a funny story is that um, Nick Foles came up to me one year and was like, "Man, I just want to I just want to study the Bible with you in the morning." And um, we did it for a year, going over the Bible wow. in the morning in this in his uh, his sophomore season as you know second year in the NFL. Yeah. And um, and he's an on fire believer, but this team has a bond spiritually um, that's that's pretty powerful. Does that always translate to win, wins and losses? No. I've been on teams that had some very spiritual people, but that doesn't always translate to wins and losses. I will say that when the quarterbacks and the most notable people on your team serve Jesus, it tends to wake up everyone else. And um, and they have a, a lot of guys that love, that love the Lord, and, uh, and it's awesome. I will say this. We know Pastor Ted pretty well, Pastor yeah. Ted Winsley, yeah. team chaplain. And we asked him about the vibe in the Eagles locker room. This was about a year ago. So yeah. This is before the Super Bowl. And he pointed back to you and Nick Foles specifically. This is with the first tenure with Nick. Yeah. But he said Jason Navant helped carry that in that time, basically from Brian Dawkins and Troy Vincent, obviously, into where the team is now. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that and sort of trying to be a spiritual leader and what that looked like early in your career. It was with the Eagles. It was something that um, that God was doing in me in college. So the Lord showed me in college that I was I was going to go to the NFL, but I had to be spiritually um, powerful enough mm. in order to represent Him the right way. Not as if I can do it on my own strength, but I have to die to myself and depend on Jesus' strength. 
And um, he would get me up in the morning, study, pray, and all those things. And um, so I was kind of prepared for it when I got to the NFL because I would stay on my same regimen. Get up at 5.30 so I can be at church at 6 to pray in Bible study just so I can be spiritually um, you know, prepared for all of the stuff that you go through as an NFL player and represent him the right way. Um, so during that time, I was just letting my light shine. So I was so full of Jesus by spending so much time with him that it was just natural. When you take, we're, we're, we're only this big of a container. We're not a big container. And when you spend time with God, he fills us up so much that it overflows on the other people. Mm-hmm. And just going by, hey man, you can make it through this situation. How can you say that everything is breaking loose because God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, hitting people with scripture, and it was natural. So people kind of gravitated to it, and, and then you had the Knicks and the other people that kind of gravitated to Jesus. It wasn't me, it was gravitating to Jesus. So during that time, I was just trying to be an authentic Christian and um, trying my best to live a life that was pleasing before God, and I was, God always blessed me with, with being brazen. I was always a little bit bold anyway, just naturally. Yeah. When I was in the world, I was the life of the party, so you have to be the life of the party in Christ. <laughs> so telling people about Jesus, yelling, you know, Bible study throughout the locker room, all the reporters, like, putting their heads down, and all the guys telling that was just something that was in me. Um, but I knew that me, I, I wouldn't be able to sustain it by myself, so I needed a someone more notable in this game that garnered more respect for what they were doing on the field as well. Because from a natural perspective, the guys that play the best and the guys that have the most influence, those are the guys the ones are going to follow after. So when Nick started coming, I knew that the direction of the team was going in the right direction. And when I was leading the Bible studies, it turned in from 13 to 14. When Nick started doing it, 25 to 30. Mm. And when Carson started doing it, it's 30, 35. Yeah. I, that's out of 53 people. That's, that's all good God. numbers. That's God. Yeah. You know, so I knew that, you know, someone in somebody else's life would be good. Nick Foles, it came out today, there was an article that AP wrote about it, and Sports Spectrum wrote about it as well on sportspectrum.com. You probably already knew this, but it says Nick Foles wants to be a pastor when he retires. Mm-hmm. Did you see that in him even early on when he first got there? It's like, this guy might want, you know, he could be a pastor. Did you see that? You definitely can. Um, Nick loves Jesus, man. Yeah. He loves Jesus, and he has some great parents. Yeah. His mom, like, loves Jesus. And, uh, and, uh, you can see him. I can see him open up the Bible. You know, guy, I can see him. You, you know, see I can him stand up there at the podium? I can see him up there like the Charles pulpit? Stanley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Charles Stanley. Yeah, right. So I can, I can see him. And uh, and, and I, I would love to see it just because that means more to him than, than throwing touchdowns. It does, yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that's the thing that he's found. It's like the... The, uh, the portion of scripture says that the man was in a field, you know, and he found, you know, the, the, the treasure and went away and sold everything he had so he can buy that field. And that's what it's like to know Jesus. All the other stuff begins to be looked. And and no matter if he win the Super Bowl, it still won't be the best thing that ever happened to him. Nope. Meeting Jesus will be the best thing because that's the treasure that, that he has. We're talking to Jason Avant, former Eagles wide receiver here in Sports Spectrum. Now, you said meeting Jesus is the best day, right? Yeah, so let's go back. 
Was it May 4th? Yeah, May 4th, 2003. 2003. Yeah. I read that that was the day that you met Jesus. Met Tell Jesus. us about that story. Well, it's a long story, man. I, I, I'm from Southside Chicago, um, right in the middle of gang territory. My family's a gangster disciples, sell drugs, and all type of things. Before you know it, I was selling drugs in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Mm. And uh, my grandmother was a praying woman. She would lay her hands on me because I had to stay in the same room. Lord, in Jesus' name, do something special in his life. Change him. Change him around. Open up a door for him. Let him serve you. And um, in her consistent prayer over year after year, even when I was in sin, I was a scary, like, as far as it wasn't in me. Like, what... What they were doing in the streets wasn't in me. I had a different heart. So I was like a scary drug dealer, a scary gangbanger. It wasn't in me because of my grandmother's prayers. And um, I, I got good at football, and um, I went to the University of Michigan. And while I'm there, my, my roommate's dad is a pastor. He lays his hands on me, do some great stuff. Jesus bless him, all this stuff. And... Um, May 4, 2003, I'm sitting on the right side of the church. My roommate makes me go. He guilt, tri guilt trips me. And um, the, pastor is, the pastor is preaching a sermon, and God is ministering to me. And is ministering to me. He began to show me all the times my house was shut up. He began to show me all the times that I was out in the street doing the wrong thing and how he had mercy on me. And began to show me all the times that he just saved my life. And also showed me that I didn't have... I didn't have any direction and that he gave me a talent in football that I didn't even start playing until I was a sophomore in high school right and um, and after that after all I've done for you Jason you can't surrender your life to me with tears in my eyes I went up to the altar said yeah Lord it's time for me to surrender my life to yours my will to yours and if that means taking away football have at it and um, I was ready to quit. And um, the best thing that happened to me that day was, was was finding a will that never runs dry. He's the one that gave me the peace in order to to um, play this game. He gave me the peace that deals with all of my problems um, because there's no problems in Christ. And I say that is because a problem is an adverse situation that has no solution. Jesus is always the solution to everything that we go through, whatever it may be. And he's always proven that to me um, because he can change your mind, change your perspective, change your understanding and show you what life is really about. So um, the best thing that happened to me was a surrender to Christ. And three years later, you're in the NFL. In the NFL. And yeah. then I talked to a little birdie today who told me that you were a youth pastor during oh, your yeah. time with the Eagles. So you're that's serving that's in ministry while you're an NFL player. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, so the Lord let me, I, I come from the inner cities. So the Lord um, told me when I was when I was uh, coming to the NFL that you you can't go you can't go to the suburbs you gotta go, you gotta go to the inner city where you go to church you gotta be in the inner city and um, so I'm in South Philadelphia I'm on the Eagles you know making quote unquote all this money yeah. and I'm in South Philadelphia drugs everything I'm like right in the middle of it really? I'm, I'm I'm right there in the church there every Sunday every Wednesday throughout the week every service. And the pastor's like, after after about seven years, it's like, hey, six years, it's like, I need someone to head up the youth department. And I said, like, hey, I, I can't be here on Sunday. Like, how am I going to head up the youth department? He's like, no, but you're here every other day. You can delegate power on Sunday, but I need you to organize programs. I need, I need you to do a whole bunch of stuff. And I said, hey, if that's what you think, I'll do it. And um, I did that for three years until I moved to Kansas City and I couldn't do it anymore. And um, or two years, and I couldn't do it anymore. And uh, now I just serve in a, lo in a local church. So I'm at, at a different church, but um, God is still good, and I'm still believing, still trusting Him, and uh, He's still directing my path. I'm not perfect. I'm um, not perfect, but um, 
he makes up for every inadequacy because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs you to, to trust him and to put your life in his hands, and he'll do the rest. Seek, serve, and surrender. And I want to ask you, Jason Avant, what those three things mean to you. So let's start with seek, okay. seeking the Lord. What do you What do you think when I when I tell you seeking the Lord? Well, the thing about it is, is that a football player has no excuse because we know what it's like to get up in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning for a college workout. We know what it's like to stay overnight with a team and function and grind it out. I know what it's like to be at 12 o'clock in the, in the projects on the south side, Argyle Gardens on the, Gardens on the south side, running routes at 12 midnight. Mm. So we seeking to get into college, seeking to make it to the pros, seeking it to sustain yourself in the pros. And that's what it's like. It's that determination, that passion to go after Christ like he's the reward, like he's the only thing that matters. Yeah. And then it's a reverse, the seeking side, because the passion that we should have for Christ is not something that just got there. It's something that he's always chasing us down, running us to, to, to surrender to him. He loves us so much that he's looking to and fro, like eyes are searching everywhere, trying to see a faithful heart and who's going to serve him. So he will always start the relationship by seeking out us, by putting something on the inside that says, you know what, that's wrong, or giving us a conscience when no one else will have a conscience. All of these things are what God starts. So seeking goes two ways. We have to seek after God, but we can't seek after God unless he first loves us, unless he seeks us. I, now I got the... So you're preaching now. So, so, you're preaching. But, but anyhow, um, <laughs> hallelujah. But anyhow, he loves us first, and he will seek after a relationship with us first, always, yeah. because he knows what's best for us. And the best thing for us is to surrender to him. i give you this example. Okay. I'm going to wait to surrender. Let's go to the next one. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> Tell us because we got seek, and then we got surrender, and then we got serve. So let's talk about surrender. You mentioned that yeah, word a few times. Exactly. So with that, a lot of times we think of a surrender as a loss of fun, right? Yeah. Like, I can't do everything that looks appeasing to the eye. But a surrender to Christ is actually bringing out the best in us. For an example, a kite. What makes a kite fly is not the wind, it's not the design of the kite, it's actually the string. Because the more string you give it with the wind and the elements, you can control the kite the way that you need it so it can maximize its talent or its potential in the air, right? But the string is the submission part that we have to have. Right? It's the part that we have to surrender to him so the stream keeps us floating and reaching our full potential. Right? So when I think of surrender, I'm saying, Lord, I'm putting it in your hands because me surrendering to your will is going to make me get to my maximum potential and also do your purpose and your will. So those are the things I think about. So surrender is it's everything. It's it has to it has to take place in order for us to have a relationship with Christ, number one. But um, it's the stance of a mature believer. It's basically taking your hands off and saying, Lord, you have the will. Patience, waiting on God's timing, surrendering and, and, and trusting that he's going to, to, to lead you down the right path. But that's so hard for, especially for an athlete. It is. Because you're not, me. you never want to surrender on the football field, right? And yeah. so now you're saying, no, in my life, though, I need to literally surrender everything. Yes and no. 
This is why football will always be, no matter what the the person in the media says, no matter what the president says, whoever. Football will always be the most popular sport sport because it's a microcosm of life. You're the man one day throwing touchdowns. The next day you're hurt, got ACL, right? You're flying high one day, next day it's a torrential downpour and you can't throw the ball in the rain or you can't catch in the rain. It's one of those games that will always keep you humble. It's one of those games that will always knock you down and keep you on your back. So football players can surrender because the game shows you that you can't do it on your own because there's outside circumstances and situations that will happen that causes you to be broken. And when you're broken, all you need is a seed, which is the word of God, to enter your heart. And now we can... It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Now, how about serving? (laughs) Sir, you're preaching here. This is Jason Navant here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And... We're talking about serving now, serving the Lord. What does that look like for you? You obviously worked as, like we mentioned, a youth yeah. pastor. That's serving God. Yeah. What does that look like for you, serving the Lord? Well, ser- serving God is 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 making making time to do his 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 to do the things that matter. Right? Because at the end of the day, I'm transitioning from football to trampoline parks and yeah. media and all type of stuff. Yeah. But serving God is about focusing on what really matters. We need money to live, but we need Jesus, sorry for my hand, we need Jesus to change people's life because whether I live here 80 years, that's just the beginning. We're gonna be in heaven for eternity, right? So preparing people for eternity is more important than a dollar. So serving is about Causing, focusing on what really matters. Mm. And then you'll love the soul of a man. And when you love the soul of a man, you'll go out your way to tell him about Christ. And focusing on that is, is, is serving to me. Now, serving is hard in this age and this time just because there's so many temptations. But the more you surrender to Christ, the more you say yes to his will, the more you study, the more you take yourself out of the equation and start thinking about other people, that's what serving is. It's actually what the disciples did, was saying no to self and thinking about others. Jesus, the greatest example will always be, gave up his big screen TV in heaven, right? Gave up everything that he had, being the firstborn of, uh, 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 of the father and giving up his heavenly glory to be to come down and be born in a man's suit, which was a sin. It's like a worm suit to us, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and and gave it all up because he loved his fellow man. And until we have that heart, until all of us have that heart, um, we won't see change. But that's serving to me is to, to die to what you want for somebody else. Trying to balance the pursuits that you need in order to take care of the family and serving completely is the challenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the surrender part, too, that's right? Part. <laughs> Last question, and we asked this to a, many of our guests here on the podcast, and we're talking to Jason Navant. Been a pleasure having you here. What are you learning from the Lord right now? In this season, you're, you're retired now, you're transitioning out of the NFL into this next phase. You're still a very young man in your early to mid 30s. What are you learning from God during this season of life? You know what? That I, that, um, the biggest thing that I'm learning is is that I, I'm not an island. Um, that's what God is showing me for for years, for my whole life. 
I was always the most talented. I always, always could do certain things that no one else can do. So I had it in my mind that I have to do it. And what I'm learning is, is that the more I trust God with, he can help me. The more I'm willing to give up and allow him to do it, he can help. But also people around me, the, 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 the friends in my life, my family, people can handle more than you give them credit for. So that's what God is showing me is that once you delegate some of this responsibility because you're going to kill yourself by working too hard or what have you, worrying about things that don't matter. So realizing that I'm not an island and that God wants to be not just a God that I talk to in the morning, at night, in the middle of the day. He wants to, he wants to be the God that's helping me with all my problems, every situation. We're together making every decision. Those, that's what I'm learning from the Lord now. He is Jason Avant, former Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. Tons of Eagles fans here yeah. in Minneapolis, and we do appreciate you sharing your story on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, man. God bless you. Uh, glory to God. And glory to God. That was Jason Avant, the former Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver from back in February 2018, taped at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. That's why you had all that background noise. That was at the Mall of America in Minneapolis as we were getting set for Super Bowl 52 when the Eagles ended up winning their first Super Bowl, beating the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52. And so Jason Avant was great. We were able to get him uh, really at the end of our week, and it was a little bit of a surprise. We didn't have a ton of preparation, uh, but we had a great interview with him, and you heard his testimony. It was awesome. And so we're just grateful to him, and hopefully we'll get him back on, especially if the Eagles win a Super Bowl again. We'll get Jason back on and revisit the last couple of Super Bowls with him and talk a little bit about the Eagles of 2019. But in the meantime, here's what we're going to do. So tomorrow on this podcast, we're going to revisit our interview with Nick Foles from July of 2018. We had Nick on to promote his new book and after he won the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. And I thought it'd be great to get Nick back on, uh, or I should say revisit the interview that we had with Nick and bring it back on this podcast for you to listen to on Thursday, sort of a throwback Thursday edition of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. The Eagles are still alive, and they're playing the New Orleans Saints this weekend in the divisional matchup for the NFL playoffs and the NFC, and we'll see if the Eagles can keep it going. And St. Nick himself, Nick Foles, keep that magic going for the Fly Eagles, Fly Faithful in Philadelphia. Thanks to Jason Avant for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. You can email me, Jason, at sportspectrum.com with any guest ideas or any thoughts you have on this podcast. Of course, you can find us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sports underscore spectrum. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we have videos and first person stories as well as every single episode of this podcast available on YouTube as well as sportspectrum.com. That's our website, sportspectrum.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great rest of your day.